When it comes to your sermon, one of the most important things is what's on the screen, what is being displayed to your congregation as you're speaking. This is often overlooked or something that maybe you haven't put much thought into, depending on maybe how savvy you are, or how interested in it you are, or maybe somebody just takes care of it for you. Either way, I want to give you some things to consider as either you're building your slides or someone on your team is building your slides for your sermon. There's some specific things that you can do that can make it much more effective if you just follow a few simple guidelines. We're going to get into all of that in this episode. This is episode 39 of the Preaching Donkey podcast. If you're just joining me, welcome. It's so awesome to see you. We've been going through a checklist of 10 things to do to prepare and deliver any sermon. It's been a very fun process, and today we are actually in number seven. But if you want to check out the whole checklist and you want to get a little fun PDF of it that maybe you can print out and put it in front of you for any sermon that you're preparing, you can go to preachingdonkey.com slash checklist and you can pick yours up there. It's totally free, preachingdonkey.com slash checklist. And so if you want to go get yours, you can do that. If you're joining me here on YouTube, so awesome to have you. Thanks so much for watching. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcast or anywhere that you might be listening on your favorite podcast player. It's awesome to have you listening, and I am honored that you would spend some time with me every week here on the show. So let's dig in. I want to go through very briefly where we've been to this point, because this is step seven, but if you're just joining us, or maybe just as a review for everybody, I'm gonna walk through each of the steps so far. So step one was determine your topic, title, and hook. This is where you're really just asking the question, what is this sermon about? What is the title? What is going to make your listeners interested in hearing it? That's the the hook. Number two, dig into scripture. We talked about picking the passage, whether you're going through a section of scripture or maybe you're picking a, a different passage for a more thematic or topical series that you're doing. Whatever it is, you've got to decide what you're teaching on, what is going to be the anchor passage. And then we looked at how to study a passage of scripture for a sermon and the very particular way to do that. We're looking at what it says, what it means, and how does it apply. And this comes from the book Living by the Book from Howard Hendricks, which I highly recommend that you check that out. But we're looking at what does it say? In other words, we're observing it. What does it mean? In other words, we are interpreting it. And how does it apply? In other words, we are seeing what the application is. So step three is outlining the sermon. We're asking questions like, what is the bottom line? What are the points? How will I build tension and create interest? And we begin to outline, kind of building the skeleton of the sermon. Step four, we're gonna build out the content. So if you think of it, we've built the skeleton, now we're gonna put on the muscle and the skin and the organs to really give it some life and some flesh. So in step four, building out the content, we're asking questions like, how will I communicate the truths of this passage? How will I teach each point? How will I illustrate each point? How will I apply each point? And then number five, we are going to run it by our preaching team. So what feedback does the team have at this point in the process? And if you don't have the team, I talked in that episode about how to form a team, what kind of teams you can do, and why you would even want to take the approach of collective sermon preparation. I think there's lots of benefits, so you can check out that. 
And then last week was part six, which is rehearse the sermon. So this is where you're going to preach the whole sermon start to finish uh, and be sure to record it so that you can evaluate the rehearsal. The point of the rehearsal is not to memorize. We talked about this last week. It's not to memorize the sermon. It is to internalize it. It's not, the point is not to memorize it like words from a play, but it is to understand it. So we want to internalize it so the message is in us and we want to understand it so that we're not trying to figure it out while we're in front of people. That's really the goal. Rehearsing has to do with the fact that the very first time you say these words in this particular way with this emphasis and these transitions and this passage with this idea and this topic, all those things, the very first time you do this sermon, which is a unique piece of content, should not be in front of people on Sunday morning. It should be rehearsed in a sense that you know it, you understand it, you've internalized it. If you want to hear about all that, that was last week, and that was episode 38. So that brings us to today, which is number seven, design slides and other media. I want to mention that no matter you know how long you've been preaching, whether you're, you're new to this, whether you've been preaching for a long time, you may or may not even have slides or media. Um, you may or may not design your own slides and media. What I want to say is this. I think there are massive advantages to having some kind of visual aids that go along with your preaching. I tend to have very simple, and I'll, tell, I'll get into why here in a second, but I tend to have very simple visual and media aids, and I have a very specific way that I interact with those during the message. But I want to give a few guidelines that even if you don't make the slides yourself, you can hand this off to whoever on your team does this, or maybe it's a volunteer, another staff member, whoever does it, and talk to them about maybe you could adapt some of these guidelines. And I didn't create these. These are just things that I have found to be effective and things that I have found to avoid uh, some problems. So the first thing I would highly suggest is to, in addition to having screens that are displaying these graphics or media or slides in your room, I would highly suggest a television on stage with you. So if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to throw up a picture of, of me interacting with a TV during a sermon. So you know what I'm talking about. I didn't come up with this. I think Andy Stanley was the one who pioneered this method. Lots of people have adapted this. Obviously, if, you know, if it's weird to you or it doesn't really fit with your style, that's totally fine. The reason why I love this so much is because when you preach you're able to, because that screen is right next to you, you're able to interact with it. You're able to point right at certain words of scripture. You're able to draw everyone's attention to you and that monitor all at the same time without having to point across the room or up above you or over to the side where these big massive screens are. What this does is when you can draw it in really close, it allows you to keep the, the focus of the message very tight, right? You're not asking people to look all over the place. You're bringing it in really close. And one of the things we do at my church is if I'm preaching, me and the TV both are actually what's on those big screens. So even if they do look at the big screens, they're still seeing me 
and my TV right next to me. And I'm so I, it's the same exact concept. It's just a bigger version of what they would see on the screen if they looked at the screen. So whether or not you have big screens with you displayed on it, that's totally fine. You don't need any of that. A $300 TV at Walmart and a, and a cart, a stand to put it on and you're set. And I'll link to a cart that I really like that you can use for this in the description and in the show notes if you wanna check this out for yourself. But it's, it's really a simple setup, but what it does is it brings the focus of anything you want to display visually is right next to you at eye level and you can draw people's attention to it. So I highly recommend that. Now let's talk about what is on the screen and what some, some guidelines. The first thing that you have to do is you have to make sure that any words on your screens, whether it's a monitor right next to you, which I would recommend 55 inches for most rooms, maybe 60 if it's a large room or 65 if it's a, if it's a really large room, but if it's that big, you're probably on the screens anyway. There's probably cameras in the room. But for most auditoriums of about two or 300 people or less, you're gonna be fine with about a 55 inch TV as long as the font of that screen, the, the, the words that you use are big enough. And so again, if you're watching on YouTube, I'll display what I'm talking about so you can get an idea. But typically, if you're working this out on a program like Pro Presenter 6, it's gonna be about a size 40 font or larger. The way I like to do it is I like to fill up most of the screen, probably 70 or 80% of the screen with words and leave a little bit of margin on the top, a little bit of margin on the bottom. And I don't want anything to not be readable from a good distance away. So some of this might just be a little bit of trial and error, but what I would suggest is set up your TV on your on your stage, sit in the back row, and if you have to strain at all to read what's on that screen, make the words bigger and just make more slides. So for example, if you're going through a passage of scripture that's seven or eight verses long, you might be able to fit two verses per slide. The way I do it, so I've got it right there with me, and I am reading through the text, and when it comes time to go to the next one, I just point to it. The people doing running the media understand that a point means that I want to advance the slide. An open hand means that I want to keep it where it is. And that's the way we've done it. You can advance it yourself with a clicker. I used to do that back in the day. I much prefer someone else advancing the slides with a little bit of a, little bit of a, a signal. But the point is, if you've got too much text, just break it down into multiple slides. What you don't want, what I've seen a lot of people do, is where they'll see something like, okay, Andy Stanley's using a TV. I guess I should get a TV and stick it on the stage next to me. And then there's 19 verses on the screen. It's like they just copied and pasted from Bible Gateway, stuck it on a slide, and they're reading through this passage. The only person who can see that is the pastor who's four feet away from it, right? Like no one else can read that text. It also, it, there's nothing about it where you're really drawing people to a specific idea or thought. So you wanna make sure that text is big enough to see, especially when you're doing passages. And while we're on the subject of passages, 
when you have a word that you're going to emphasize, make it a different color. What I like to do in most cases is where the background of the of the TV is pretty much black or like kind of a dark gray. The font is white or kind of a really, really light gray. And then if I want to make a word stick out, I put it in yellow. Got that from Andy Stanley. He's the one who did it. It just works. It, I mean, yellow shows up good as a highlight and red on a screen doesn't. So I would avoid highlighting things in red. You can highlight in blue or you can highlight in yellow. In most cases, I prefer yellow. When you do that, it's easy to draw a word out. And as you're preaching, it makes you less reliable on your notes because you've got it right there on the screen and you can see this word, I wanna talk about this, I wanna talk about this idea, when, he, when Paul says this or when Peter says that, gives you that kind of flexibility, which is really nice. So make it big, make sure that you are emphasizing certain words if you want to, and then when it comes to your points, this is my rule, one point at a time on any given slide. So what you don't wanna do is have this list of four points that all, you don't want a PowerPoint presentation. That's what I'm trying to say. So what you want is you wanna have your screen and whatever the central point that you're talking about at that moment, that needs to be on the screen and nothing else. So your bottom line, that's it, it's on the screen. If you're going through a point, that's a, one of your points that supports your bottom line, that's all people see. And I like to do my points in all caps. It doesn't look as offensive when it's on a screen because it's big and people expect that, but it's all caps and it takes up a good amount of the screen, but it's one sentence, it's one phrase, it's one point, and that's it. And what that does is it allows people, as you're talking, to see that point on the screen and know that that's what you're talking about. They don't see a list of 17 or even four or five different lines that are covering everything that you're talking about that day. That might be fine on the handout, which we'll get to next week, what needs to be written on paper, or if you're using an app, what's on the app, what do people have in their hands? Uh, that's, one, that's one thing, but when it comes to the slides, you want one thing that people are focused on, the font needs to be big enough for people to see from the back of the room comfortably, and when it's a passage, you wanna call out the words that you're gonna emphasize. If you do those three things, those three guidelines, and if you're not currently using an onstage monitor, I would highly recommend it. If you make those changes this Sunday, uh, and or if you can't do it this Sunday, maybe by next Sunday, what's gonna happen is you're gonna become more focused as you preach because it's gonna be easier to know exactly where you are and exactly what you're emphasizing in any given moment. It's also gonna make people more attentive to what you're saying because they don't have just you talking and them trying to remember and put all these pieces to get together of where we are in the sermon. They've got it right there, it's clear as day, you're making it obvious and easy to understand. If you do that, I think it's going to help increase the effectiveness of your messages just by that, by that much because it's gonna make you more confident, it's gonna make people more attentive, which is really the goal because what we're preaching for is life change and people only have life change happen when they hear a message. And the only way they hear it is if you're communicating something that's holding their attention. We gotta get their attention and we've gotta maintain their attention and if we're doing these things, it's just one more way to help ensure that that happens. So 
do that this week. Let me know in the comments below if you're watching here on YouTube how it goes. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever, shoot me an email. Let me know how this goes for you. I'd love to hear. Be sure to grab your checklist, preachingdonkey.com slash checklist, and I will see you next week for episode 40. We'll see you next time here at the Preaching Donkey Podcast. Mm-hmm.